Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Jody, how you doing? Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, this week uh, was interesting. Things are starting to open up in the period of COVID. I actually ventured out uh, for dinner with a couple of friends, uh, you know, masks uh, in hand. Outside? Uh, Were you outside? It was outside. It was in Connecticut. Good. A um, lot of people out, maybe to the point where it was a little scary that a lot of people are out, but I was one of them, so what am I going to do? Um, <laughs> I think the, I don't know what has changed, uh, you know, because I don't think the virus has certainly changed over the last, you know, 8 to 12 weeks, but I guess mindsets have. And uh, we had a nice dinner. I caught up with some friends. Uh, a friend of mine who listens to the podcast as well. He gave us some good uh, podcast ideas I'll share with you and uh, we'll look to do on future episodes. How was your week, Jody? My week was good. You know, I, I've been venturing out as well. We, we kind of never really locked ourselves down, like like bunkered in. Again. We talked about this last week too. Uh, you know, we've always been out a little bit. We've taken the neighborhood walks. We've been loosening things up on the kids a little bit, you know, going out for bike rides and playing in the backyard a bit. You know, the rules are the same. Social distancing, got to wear the masks and, and credit my kids. They've been really, really good with the masks. I bought them actually these these sort of cool masks online. Um, so they look like a Fortnite character. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so they Very don't have cool. to run around with like one of those pale blue, you know, doctor masks. So they don't feel... I guess, I guess that's the trick for kids, like make it make them feel that it's cool and they'll do it. So anyway, um, they got those and they've been really, really good. I got to give a, a big shout out to my kids. They've been really, really good with all this stuff, which just sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it still Especially does. in the summer. Um, we have not gone out to dinner yet. Uh, we've still been we've throughout. We've been patronizing our local restaurants to make sure that we at least are spending the same amount of money that we'd normally be spending with them to make sure that we're doing our part because we got to help people out through all this economically small businesses especially um yet to do the dine out thing yet we'll see (laughs) yeah i mean i rolled the dice i tried to take a calculated risk uh my friends were in agreement with it Uh, we had a great time and so uh, you know we were very I, I didn't realize, like, you realize once you sit in a restaurant and have the food brought out to you how different it is from takeout. Like, takeout's great, but it doesn't hold up as when it's coming right out of the kitchen. And so we, we had a great time, a lot of laughs, and just kind of caught that, up. Did you have that automatic recoil moment when the server came over to your table? How did that feel? Well, it's all he was masked up and uh, gloved, and so that seems to be the mantra. And, you know, like I said during the meal, and, and I'm saying to you now, look, I'm, I'm starting to take more calculated risks. Going to the grocery store is not as painful as it was eight weeks ago, where I was petrified almost to walk through those doors. Now, because of the fear of the unknown and, and some repetition in my life of being able to go and, and kind of peek out through some of these things, I guess I'm getting more comfortable, but I do realize that it's still a, still a risk and, and trying to assess the risk. And I think that's where... Everybody out there is going to have their own uh, risk meter, and they're going to evaluate how they want to tackle life. And And for me, I'm starting to venture a little bit more, um, and, and hopefully it will be okay. But, you know, if something does happen, the chips are going to fall where they may. Um, so I, I 
do realize that I can't kick myself if something happens and I catch this thing. It is what it is at this point, like the sign on my desk that I've always videoed over to. And so um, I think that I'll just take my chances as best I can with calculated risk and see where life takes me. All right. So Yeah, we've been – it's interesting. We've had a similar attitude. Um, You know, we've been um, very cautious. Uh, and very slow to re-engage. Uh, and, it, and it's funny, I, I asked you that question about, you know, did you have that automatic recoil? It's interesting how your brain gets rewired, right? Four or five months ago, or let's just say, you know, January, um, this wasn't even a thought of ours, right? Because coronavirus, we had, none of us had lived through what we've lived through the last, I guess now we're going on four months. Yep. Um, but um, now, when I, at least for me, when I walk into a store, or uh, 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 any other kind of place where I know there's going to be people around, I will have that that sort of um, that automatic recoil. My body go, my body like tenses up, I'm like uh, you know, and then I relax and I'm okay. But it's it's sort of that that moment that is that has become hardwired into me, and it's I just find it fascinating how um, how your body and your brain will do that based on the way you have conditioned it to think. And now we all think, or at least I think, in a new way about you know going out and engaging with with people um, out there in the world the way we never have before. Yeah, it'll be interesting, and time will tell um, what'll happen. But I'm I'm a bit more optimistic now, you know, looking at the future. So um, I think I think with that we'll we'll jump into the topic a little bit here and give you a little preview uh, inheritances. Uh, Who Gets Grandma's Yellow Pie Plate? Uh, A deep dive into the subject of inheritances and what is fair and how to prepare. Uh, But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. The first story, which is sort of related to our topic, uh, it's from, um, who's the publisher here? It's Mental Floss. Mental Floss, yes. It's actually a good website. I like this website. Oh, cool, cool. Um, I'm unfamiliar with it, but the the title got me. What happens when a pet is left money in a will? And this was very interesting. They talk about, in the story, they refer to Leona Helmsley, who died in 2007. She left $12 million to her dog. And then the relatives protested, and there was a big uh, fight over the whole thing. And um, it's an interesting article, right? Because if you love your pet and... uh, you want to leave your pet, all your stuff. How does that work? Uh, Jody, what was your take on this story? I remember that Leona Helmsley story, and partially because I worked for a firm that represented Leona Helmsley at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, so I had um, a little bit of an inside look at that. It was, it was uh, yeah, to use the word that you use often, uh, Paul, it was interesting. <laughs> Um, it's also just my personal opinion. It's bizarre. Um, you know, I get it. We love our pets, right? Um, and I get it that you maybe you want to make sure that your pet is taken care of after you, after you die. Um, leaving a dog $12 million. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, in any case, um, I think it, it, it is an inside look into people's priorities sort of what they feel is important, you know, and, and I'm not going to slag on anyone for loving their pet. Um, uh, but there are legal 
ramifications to doing that. I, I think that you know there's there's a legal opinion that's expressed in this article, um, but I guarantee you that uh, uh, you know spin the wheel and you'll find a lawyer that thinks uh, it's not legal or there's a that has a different take on it. Um, and so I think the most important thing that you want to do is that if you do feel that you need to write your pet into your estate plan and your will, uh, make sure you consult a lawyer. Don't just, you know, do it off of, uh, writing a note and stick it in an envelope or trusting somebody. If you really feel that important, uh, feel that strongly about it, uh, then you should make sure that you, uh, you get some legal representation on it. Very cool. Very cool. The second story we're going to jump into was actually, um, you'll see the theme here. It was a movie review by the New York Times called Inheritance Review, A Rich Kid's Estate Surprise. And uh, Lily Collins stars in this peculiar cat and mouse thriller. I, I read this. I don't know if I'm going to watch the show. It's It seems like it's on the lines of the, uh, the show Succession, which is interesting, where you have these four or That's five kids. That's what I thought of too, yeah. Uh, you know, trying to inherit the empire, but I think I go back in time. There was a movie in 1994 called Greedy, with Kirk Douglas and uh, oh, who else was in it? Um, it was a very funny comedic take on the whole thing around inheritance. Everyone was trying to kiss the butt of the rich uncle, and the rich <laughs> uncle would torture uh. these poor people to figure out who really loved him. And and so it all kind of goes back to so we really don't have any financial value in this story this week other than to kind of talk about and maybe a lead in to the weekly topic which is inheritances who gets grandma's yellow pie plate uh, a deep dive into the subject of inheritances and what is fair and how to prepare um, and it seems it's a huge topic jody and i know we uncovered it and unpacked it a little bit last week based on a, a new story and then when we started digging a little deeper into this um the university of idaho and, and the University of Minnesota actually have a whole class devoted to this. And they, there's a public PDF, and we'll share it on the website, that talks about this, this document with actual workbooks and slides. And it's like a 98-page doc. Uh, so, Jody, what was your take when it came to this topic? I mean, I know we're going to jump in, but, uh, you know, on the surface, what did you think of – I couldn't believe there was a whole class devoted to this. Yeah, you go through this uh, this PDF that's on the University of Idaho um, website, and it is it is quite amazing. It sort of illustrates um, how complicated and also how somewhat comical that wills and estates and property and who gets what can get. Um, you know, and 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 I I feel like we have two situations. When it comes down to you know creating a will and passing on um, things of value after you die, um, and let's all remember that we all have two situations in our lives, right? One where we're the people who will manage the estate uh, like a parent um, or someone who will die before us, you know, presumably, assuming no one dies, you know, uh, in, in in accidents and things like that. Um, and there's also situation number two where there's you know we are going to be the ones who are dying and we're leaving things in a state for people um, who will who will come up after us um, and whether whether you've got a before or after and the and the pie plate PDF gets into this I really feel like the key to all of this and doing this well is communication mm. um, you know you, we talked about that movie in the uh, in the news section Paul 
Um, and that that movie, by the way, just reading through it, I haven't seen it. Takes a bizarre turn. The 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 woman who is the protagonist here is is the beneficiary of a, of a will. And part of the will is she's left a guy who's in captivity. <laughs> it sounds really wacko, and I may even want to watch it. Um, but life is not a movie, right? Um, and and we, we've become accustomed to thinking that um, the reading of the will is this thing where all of the feuding family members gather around a lawyer's, you know, wood-paneled, uh, a desk in a wood paneled office, you know, and, and there's this personality and that personality and everybody wants their piece of the pie. Um, and there's this big reveal and everybody yells and screams and somebody feels great because they got a million dollars and somebody else is angry because they got screwed. Life is not a movie. At least it should not be a movie. If you have anything that you're leaving behind, whether it's a million dollars or it's a pie plate, I think that you need to talk with the people you love about the things that they want. You know, you can say to them, here's what I intend to do, but I want to check in with you. Does this work for you? Does this make sense for your life that you're going to live after I'm gone? Um, and, and is this the stuff that you want, whether it's stuff or whether it's money or whether it's whatever? Because if you really love them, you're going to honor what is going to suit them the best. You know, uh, you, you may have a boat and you want to leave your son a boat Maybe your son hates boats. <laughs> That's just right. That's just dumb. Um, if people, you know, leave leave to them. I feel like you have the conversation, and you leave to them what's going to suit them the best. And if people don't want to participate in that conversation that you want to have, well, then tough luck. You get what you get. Um, I think I think estates probably fall into a couple different categories. There's money, right? There's just cash. Uh, which would, should probably just be split equally. I think that's just the right thing to do. There's real estate, things like houses and, and stuff like that. Um, and unless someone wants to wants a house, I feel like they should. you should probably just sell it and split the money because you don't want people feuding over a house and who's got a key and who's going to stay there on this weekend and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's property, things like cars and boats and stuff, right? And, and that may be best... Uh, handled by that conversation that I'm talking about. We're like, okay, um, you want the lawnmower? Here's the lawnmower. Or, <laughs> you know, you want the weed whacker? Here you go. You want the pie plate? Here you go. Um, there should be no stealing mom's diamonds in the middle of the night right after she dies, right? That's, that's where things go really off the rails and completely destroy families. So I think communication, probably the best way to go when you're setting up this plan. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't agree more. Uh, I think when it comes to myself personally, my estate, yeah, I'm going to call it an estate, is a 50-50 split. Well, every, we've all got an estate. It's just a matter right. of how big, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and and the problem is I've seen too many broken relationships over money. And, and to me, uh, nothing to me should have any sentimental value. Or if it does, it has to be the other person or the other inheritees have to be made whole, right? And what I've seen happen is too many bad assumptions that are being made, right? And and I was personally in a in a situation. I'm not going to go too deep into, but because it's still very it's a sensitive situation. But it was over something small that was eventually rectified. But it was sad and frustrating because just assumptions, bad assumptions were made. Um, my plan is to be as fair as possible, right? And that's accounting for life, right? So you know if, and I'll give you an example. If one child you know, doesn't go to college and never gets married and the other child 
goes to college, goes to law school, gets married. I personally think that if me and my wife are laying out money or helping that one child who is going to college and, and getting married and the other one doesn't, the other one has to be made be made whole. That's the words that pop into my head. I, I want to be as fair as possible um, and, and, and try to figure that out. But I think the key is also communication, right? You want to communicate that plan to the kids or to your inheritees to let them know that that's what you're thinking, right? So if one child or one inheritee gets X and the other one gets Y plus X, right? They, want, they should know why. What was the thought process behind it? And I've seen too many situations, both personally and on the periphery of life, where communication is not done and people will fight over the stupidest stuff because just lack of communication. So I, I, I totally agree. I, I, and I think right now, if I were to pass and my wife were to pass, my kids are in trouble because we have a whole basement full of crap that just needs to be thrown out. Like it, it would be too much work for our kids to, to deal with. I think at this point, we just got too much stuff with, with very little value that we just kind of tend to hold on to. So I think for me, um, it'll, it'll be an interesting uh, thing, but hopefully it doesn't happen right away, right? We'll have time over the years to, 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 to rectify the basement situation. But all joking aside, we'll, we'll kind of dig a little bit into the course and how the course is set up and, um, and talk about the title. We'll post the document link, the PDF link, uh, to the Facebook page. You can go check it out and dive deep. And it's broken out into uh, the slides, the document, the workbook. I believe it's also sold on Amazon as well. I I'm not quite sure. I'm guessing it's public domain if the universities are publishing it on their public sure websites. Is, yeah. I didn't go by any, didn't pull any kind of uh, username or password. It's just all sitting there. Um, so it's a very interesting uh, uh, document to dive into and share with your family, right? And it's all about uh, unentitled property and, and how do you um, unpack these things. So we're just going to scratch the surface and try to go through some of these topics at a high level, but we'll leave it up to you to kind of dig deep, right? But I think the three fundamentals that we'll focus on are having a will and spelling it out, defining what is fair and what is your goal. So Jody, what, what was your take when it came to, to some of these pieces around, let's say, having a will and spelling it out? So I feel like that that's step two, right? Um, or maybe it's step 1.5. One, you've got to figure out what you'd like to do, right? Because you are in charge. You've got to figure out what you want to do. And certainly if you don't want to do something, then that's your prerogative. You don't do that. Um, uh, but, but having a will and spelling it out means figuring out what you want to do and then having that conversation with the beneficiaries and figure out what if, if what you want to do jives with the way they live their lives. Because like I said, again, you know, and I'll use the example, you want to leave somebody a boat, they're afraid of the water, boat's not going to be a very great way to honor them. Um, so yeah, you want, you really want to spell this out and get detailed, boy, get detailed. Don't just say, you know, don't, don't leave it. Don't leave any holes in, in the plan here. Uh, and a lawyer will help you do that. An attorney will help you define specifically and use those, those special legal terms that will be enforceable. Because I think that's the other part of a will is is you need something that is an enforceable document that could be read by an objective third party and say, here's what this means. Um, so, yeah, write, figure it out and then write it down. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. And to the point where I think it's a belt and suspenders approach, you want to have your, well, your will that spells it out. 
I'm also a big believer in having a personal letter attached, right, that you would provide the inheritees that really gives you the voice of yourself, right? Because the, 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 the will is going to be all legal and it's going to be all proper and it's going to be, you know, very dictatorial in the splits and, okay, this person gets this item A, this person will get this item B, all those different types of things, right? But I really like the point of the letter because it actually digs into the why and reiterates the why to the inheritee. So even if you have this conversation, I think you should spell it out and write it down in your own words in addition to the, the law document, right? The will and the estate plan that you have in place. Because I think that will give people some additional perspective as to why these decisions were made and reminding them that, hey, we made this together as a group. Now, if you choose not to get into those conversations with your kids or with your inheritees prior to your death, that happens. It's a t- it's easier said than done, um, these types of conversations. And they're necessary, but I think in some situations, people who are just too afraid to have those conversations at least spell it out and at least leave a letter to your inheritees. Right. Even Tony Stark did it. The end of Endgame. That's right. right? That's if right. You're a Marvel, so, if you're a Marvel fan, you remember at the very end there where we all got very emotional and we watched that hologram with Tony Stark. So I thought I'd probably better record a little greeting in the case of an untimely death on my part. I mean, not that death at any time isn't untimely. This time travel thing that we're going to try and pull off tomorrow, it's, it's, it's got me scratching my head about the survivability of our home. That's the thing. And again, that's the hero gig. Part of the journey is the end. What am I even tripping for? Everything's going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to. I love you, 3,000. And it changed the whole dynamic, right? So I think it's important. I think we're we're both in agreement that we have to have a will, spell it out, and get your thoughts out and have that communication ahead. The next topic is around defining what is fair. This is probably the most controversial topic because I've talked to people about it and I guess the words that come into my mind is that people will say something but do something different or they will say something to you but they'll, you know, if you put them in that situation, they wouldn't do that, right? Like, so it's a very interesting dynamic in terms of defining what's fair. Because what's fair to me might not be fair to you, Jody, and vice versa. So how do you get to the root of defining what's fair? I, I, I think for me, like I said earlier on, in my mind, fairness is around, you know, splitting everything as best you can down the middle with life included. And some parents might say, no, um, if a child chose not to go to college, well, that they're out of luck, right? That's They didn't want to go, so they shouldn't be compensated for not going to college, right? So there's all these little gray areas that kick in. Um, Jody, what's your take when it comes to defining what is fair? Boy, there's that's the big word, and all of us parents have heard that word about 10 or 12 million times from our kids. It's yeah. not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair, right? And fair can be like what side of the bed you decide to wake up on that day. Um, I guess there's two ways to define fair. You know, one is objectively numbers, right? Dollar amount, value, right? Monetary value. The other fair could be some kind of definition around um, what makes sense for the person or 
does this thing benefit them in a way that is important to them that is fair as opposed to giving them something that's a pain in the ass that's not fair right um you know or handing them a problem um you know here you get the house and you also get to clean all the crap out of the basement in the garage <laughs> <laughs> like that could be kind of unfair uh, then again maybe giving them that in that way makes them earn the house i don't know you know people get all kind of messed up when they create these things um i agree with the spirit of what you're saying paul that you're trying to be fair and you want to be fair um because the perception of unfair you know creates tension after you're gone um and like we've said before, if there's one thing that people know how to fight about, it's money. Um, so do your best. And I think that's why the, the, the conversation beforehand is so important, because if you can then define what what is going to happen, everyone will have that sense of buy in and everyone will have that sense of fairness um, or at least feel like they have participated in the conversation. And so. A, there are no surprises, and B, they feel like they've represented their opinion uh, effectively. And so then what does eventually happen, they're good with. Yeah, that makes sense, right? All these things in terms of, of fairness, it's going to come down to, and it goes back to communication, right? So you need to get on the table with your inheritees, the definition of fair, your definition of it, dig into their definition. And, and figure it out. And at the end of the day, you might not come to a an agreement on what is fair. That happens, right? But at the end of the day, it's your stuff. So you could do what you want with it. But it is an interesting topic and and for different families it's gonna mean different things. So I would I would uh, have those conversations and over communicate when it comes to defining what is fair. Um, the next one is what is your goal? Like what are you trying to do? Right? Preserve memories um, being fair, contributing back to society, uh, improving family relationships. So I, I think it's an interesting topic to figure out. Like for me, I think personally, my goal of my estate would be to be able to help my kids and not enable them in any kind of bad habits, but to help them with life and, and to help them and hopefully make their lives a little easier when we're gone. And that's kind of maybe what my number one goal is. I know that I would also, if I get to that point, would love to talk about maybe leaving a little bit or leaving some of it to a charity, right, as a mix. But, you know, it all depends on um, how life goes at this point, right? So not quite there in terms of um, being able to divvy it up beyond my uh, my immediate family. But I, I think because right now, my primary goal is if, God forbid, something were to happen to me and my wife, we need to make sure these kids are taken care of um, till they're 21, 25, whatever that age is, right? College and all these basics in life um, and, and someone to take over their lives and be the adult guardians. And so there really is no room for saying, hey, you know, I want to leave it all to charity XYZ. Um, right now, um, I, I, pr I prefer to say that, you know, anything goes to my kids um, if something were to happen right now, now dial the clock ahead 20 years, that might change a little bit, but once again, defining your goals and over communicating them to your kids and making sure, or your inheritees to make sure they know why you were doing this and what your goal was and what the intended goal was with the money. Jody, what was your take when it came to what is your goal when it comes to, uh, th this, this grandma's yellow pie plate discussion? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, the, the only way that you can, 
um, achieve your goal is by having that conversation with people um, and figuring out and hearing from them what they want um, and then executing that plan or executing that plan in the way you feel you want to. Um, you know, again, a lot of gray area here. Um, but like we just said, Paul, it comes back to communication. You got to communicate with people. You got to understand what, what would be beneficial for them, what you're capable of doing, what you want to do, and then just communicate that in advance. So there are no surprises. Yep, absolutely. And we should probably talk a little bit about the types of property that are in question here, right? Cause there's this difference between non-titled property and titled property and titled property are all the normal things that we think of. Uh, real estate, savings accounts and money, uh, investments, uh, motor vehicles, um, stocks, anything that's titled that, you know, can pass with title. It's the non-titled property that we kind of get into that real gray area, right? Uh, grandpa's tools, dad's guns, mom's dishes, right? That's the whole reasoning around the title of grandma's yellow pie plate. And not enough attention is paid to these little things and these little things could cause a huge riff in, in, in families, right? So, you know, mom's engagement ring, right? Um, dad's gun, like I just said, um, these could cause big tension among the inheritees. And so that where it comes down back to that communication and making sure that there's over communication on these smaller things because yeah, the, the real estate, the, the stocks and bonds, those types of things are not specifically an emotional tie or they should, you know, maybe it may be a personal residence, but stocks and bonds, no more emotional tie, right? If you sell a thousand shares of Amazon, you could buy another of the same thousand shares tomorrow, right? There's no sentimental value in Amazon, uh, but grandma's ring, right? There's something to it or grandpa's tools. So Jody, what's your take when it comes to, you know, the non-titled property, which I think is the crux of the uh, grandma's yellow pie plate discussion? Oh, absolutely. I think it's the the most obvious um, part where people can really get into fights, like you said. Um, and that's why the communication is so important. I mean, if there's one item, if there's that one thing and three people want it, those three people have to have a discussion about who's going to get it um, or uh, are you going to sell it and split the proceeds three ways? Um, uh, it's it's that old it's that old fable about you know splitting the baby right mm -hmm. uh, you know they you know two people want the baby okay fine we'll cut the baby in half oh wait a minute <laughs> that's not how it works you can't cut a baby in half um, so you got you got to have that discussion and and I think that that's why this is so important because if if you leave it to the end and you huddle around that lawyer's desk like we like we talked about at the top of the the show. Um, and someone gets surprised and, you know, one person gets grandma's diamond ring and three other people don't talk about a volcano eruption, man. Holy it's just going to be nuts. Oh. Um, and you will have done, you will have done more damage to the family you have left behind than you ever could have done sticking around and screwing things up. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's funny you mentioned that reference. I, I was reminded of a commercial. It's an old commercial. I think it was a couple that was going through a divorce and 
the gentleman was like, half? I'll give her half. And he has the chainsaw in the living room, and he cuts the couch in half, and he cuts the chair in half. So I could see where you're going. That just, I, it, it spiked in my head, and I said, wow, I remember that commercial. So that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, right? You're going to cause that tension over time, and, and it could just, maybe things were going well in life, and then all of a sudden, you left the, the something to somebody specific, and that now you're now these these inheritees never talk to each other again. One of the slides I want to talk about a little bit more is this, and we talked touched upon it. Sensitive issues for givers, right? Know what your issue is, and know what to discuss and why, and term and determine who needs to be part of that discussion because one man's junk is another man's treasure. Now, that diamond ring that you talked about might be a cubic zirconia ring that was a hundred. It's worth a hundred bucks, but for some reason, it's passed to one person, and the other three people don't have it and it causes this massive riff over a hundred dollar ring right and maybe you know the inheritees don't know the value of the ring or don't know the story behind that person getting that ring right we just don't you don't know and and that's where this over communication uh kicks in what is your thoughts when it comes to sensitive issues for the givers i i think this is the big bugaboo in this whole conversation and you made a, a terrific for instance, there, Paul, with the with the cubit zirconia ring, um, you know, it's worth it's worthless in terms of a dollar value, but it could be priceless to some person because you know, grandma, you know, or grandpa got it for grandma when they were on that vacation and blah blah blah. There, there could be this whole fantasy story that's been invented and and told and passed down, and and that becomes the value. Um, and the ring, the completely monetarily worthless ring, um, is the representation of the value of the, the emotional value that that story has to the person who wants to possess it. Um, again, I, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, a one trick pony here, but that's why the communication is so important. That's why you got to go back and have that conversation before all of this gets imprinted into a will and and executed when a person dies um, you've got to have that conversation about what's important to what person. And that person needs to understand that, okay, if you're going to die on that hill over the $100 cubit zirconia ring because of the story it represents, then you're going to have to give on something else. And if you can't give on that something else, then I'm going to make the decision. Um, and it, it's kind of like how we approach things with our kids. You know, okay, if you want this thing, you're going to have to give on that thing. And if you can't give on both, well, then you're going to lose it all. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that's something to really think about and consider. I mean, which ties to the perception slide, right? Perceptions determine what's considered to be fair. Fair is not always equal and equal is not always fair, right? So equal may mean an equal number of items, equal dollar value or equal in emotional value. So this is an interesting, and it all kind of ties together, right, Jody, in terms of, you know, the perception to one may be different than the other. Um, but then it all kind of comes down to, and I think it's the crux of everything we've been talking about, and that is related to the talk, right? And there's a whole slide on here around the talk, and I'm just gonna read it just in case people don't wanna dig deep. You make the appointment, right, with the inheritees, and you pick a meeting location, a time to meet, you select your audience, and no surprise attacks, and a strong agenda. Um, know your goals ahead of time, eliminate distractions, so no TVs on, no other things going on, and be prepared for differences and conflicts and control the stress before it happens and finish the conversation more importantly. 
So if someone storms out of the room, you're not done. You have to then take it further. So Jody, what's your take when it comes to the talk? I think all great rules. And I think that you need to adhere to these um, pretty strictly. It's, you know, I, I, I hate to put it so coldly, but I think you need to do it this way. This has got this is a business conversation. This is not this is less of a family, you know, chat and more of a business meeting. We've got to decide what's going to happen here. And we've got so you got to conduct this meeting like a meeting. Put turn off all the phones, turn off all the TVs, you know, eliminate all the distractions. Um, come with a printed agenda pass it out to everybody if you if you want to do that but sit down and and have the conversation um also i think that let's say do they do they mention it here um they kind of don't the person who's the focus of the conversation in other words you know if i'm having my family around me preparing my will i'm in charge of the conversation i'm the i'm i'm the head of the meeting right i'm running the meeting um you got to appoint that it can't be a free-for-all um, it's got to be organized. It's got to go around the table. People have got to give their input. You got to go down the list. You got to check things off and then you've got to have everybody. And I don't know if they put this a uh, little further along. Um, once you get that, that agenda ticked off and, uh, everybody agrees to it, everybody should sign that little piece of paper, put it in writing, put it in, put it in writing. And then everybody signs it and initials it or initials every page. Right? Cause it's a, it's a contract. Now it's not a, it's not a legally binding contract, but it's a personal contract among all of you who were in the room that day, boom, and it's done. And then the last thing you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, I'm taking this piece of paper I'm taking it to the lawyer and we're going to translate this into a legal document. Now everybody knows what's going to happen when I die. Thank you very much for being here. You know, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be that clear to everybody. It can't be, you know, when you're out fishing one day uh, or you're sitting around the, the picnic table having a beer, you know, and, hey, when I die, you know, we'll, we'll do this. Um, it's got to be organized. It's got to be clear. Anything short of that, I feel, is just going to create such a bad situation when you die. And here's the kick. You will not be there to help anybody with it once that happens. So you will have created something. It's like pulling a pin on a grenade and tossing it in somebody's lap. It's ridiculous. I think you really got to. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little up here, but you've really got to have this talk. You're right. No, you're 100% right. And I think I think with that we'll jump into the recap. And there's two things that come to my mind. One is overcommunication. Right? We talked about it through the thread of this podcast. Whether it's grandma's pie plate, or some stocks, a car, a gun. Uh, grandma's wedding ring, whatever it is, over-communicate, make sure communication is clear, crystal clear to make sure that everyone's in the know with what's going on, and that will hopefully mitigate any damage uh, when you leave, right? Um, the second one, which we didn't touch upon, but I had an old manager, um, his name was Eric, what a great guy, and when my father passed, um, he told me two things, because um, I had called him from the hospital and uh, to let him know I wasn't coming to work and, and he took care of everything for me. So I was thankful and grateful I had a manager at the time that was that supportive. But he told me two things. One was uh, get 12 copies of the death certificate. And I couldn't figure out why, but he was right because uh, he went through it with his uh, family and everyone, you know, the life insurance company, this one needs one, that one needs one. He goes, just buy them and get them and you'll have them, right? Because you never know when you're going to need one. 
And the second thing he said, no matter what happens, let it go. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, let people have whatever they want. He goes, and, and you know what? He was right. He was right. Um, it's something that if all else fails in your own personal life and you're on the other side of this as the inheritee, um, you, you have to let things go because in my mind, family is more important than things and money. Uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's probably, it would be a tough battle to fight to kind of, you know, fight through. And what are you fighting for at the end? Right. So, you know, when he told me, you know, let it go, it, it resonated. And, um, I passed that advice to others who, who lose family members. Cause I think it's, um, very telling, um, and very insightful. And only until you go through it, you realize that he's correct. Jody, what was your take when it comes to recapping, uh, this week's episode? Paul, I think you you compliment me all the time on my recaps. I think that was the recap for this episode because um, it is just stuff. And at the end of the day, it is not worth destroying a family over. Um, you got to get your act together. You got to do this right. You got to communicate with people. Um, let them know what's coming. No surprises. Um, let people give their input into what they would like to see happen and, and what's going to benefit them the most. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it is just stuff. Um, and if, if, if walking away is the best thing, walk, you got to walk away um, because it's not worth destroying a family over. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you. (laughs) 